The following program is underwritten by the Christmas City Gift Show. It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Hello, my friends. It is so good to be with you today, and I am Ron Myers. The show is called Get the Hell Out of Your Life, and I have a goal today to help you have the best day of your life. I believe today's show will give you a new appreciation and a new passion for your life. My guest has an amazing story, but first let me ask you, have you had some bad news recently? Maybe experienced a devastating loss? You know, often the effects of a traumatic event stop us from hearing and receiving comfort from God. I know this all too well because there was a time in my life, friend, when I experienced a loss in my life. In fact, it was a devastating loss. And I sat on my pity pot and I questioned everything about God, about my purpose. I didn't know how I could even go on living because I had no earthly idea what I was going through, what was happening to me. How could I ever come alive again? My world was turned upside down and I just didn't care anymore. I described that day as the worst day of my life, but one year later, I described that same day as the best day of my life. And after I visit with my amazing guest, I will share my resurrected life story and how I came alive again, and we'll offer some ideas for you to put some passion back in your life and understand what's going on and where God wants to take you. My guest today was on the verge of a slow death if God did not intervene. My guest is alive again today with a new appreciation for life. His story is one we all need to hear. You're going to be reminded of the power of prayer the power of family, the power of friends, and the power of faith. He is known along the Gulf Coast in the sports world. He was an outstanding football coach and is an awesome man of God. I am so glad to have in my studio Coach Ronnie Cuevas. Hello, Coach. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Ron. Thank you for asking me. You know, Coach, I've heard your name for many years, Gulfport High School, Harrison Central. Uh, We'll get into that. You are a walking miracle, your own words. We're going to get into that in just a few minutes. But tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? I grew up right here in Gulfport. Uh, Played football at Gulfport High School. Went on, got a college football scholarship at Mississippi State. Played four years there and graduated from there and started my coaching career. My first coaching job ever was in uh, Ocala, Florida. Um, Coach Tom Freeman coached me in the seventh grade at West Junior High, and he was the head coach at Vanguard High School in Ocala, and he kept up with me and offered me a coaching job in Ocala, Florida, and I went there. And then and then when they combined the schools, Gulfport East and Gulfport High School, Coach Lindy Callahan called me um, while I was in Ocala and offered me a job at Gulfport to coach the beginning of the Admirals, and I was there um, 25 years total. What made you want to be a coach? Well, I was in eighth grade at West Junior High, and I can remember Coach Lindy Callahan, 
He's a legend. He was our athletic director, and he came and spoke to the team. And and he'll tell you himself that when he got through talking to us, I walked up to him and told him one day I was going to come back and coach for him. He remembered that, and he hired me, (laughs) gave me my first coaching job at Guffport. So you had a dream of a coach at a young age. Yes. I mean, I loved athletics and football and basketball and baseball. We didn't have computers, so that's all we did. We went out and played every day. And, uh, you know, today's punishment for kids is to take the cell phones away or the games away and stuff like that. When they do something wrong, well, our punishment was you couldn't go outside. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we loved the outside, didn't we? Yes, we loved to play. And that's what, you know, got me interested in, in playing football. And I didn't start until I was in the seventh grade. I coached 36 years, volunteered four more, so really 40 years. As a coach, you're out there looking over your team, and I'm sure you always recognized the potential in some of the players. Maybe they didn't see it in themselves. So you, as a coach, had to bring them up to the next level. Right. And, you know, it was it's a mental game. All sports has a mental side of it, and you had really get on their level as far as what they wanted in sports and talk them up to it and get them interested more and make it fun for them. You know, a lot of them uh, didn't have fun at it at first, but you had to make it fun for them. Is there one or more favorite memory that uh, you'll always remember? I can remember a game that I'll never forget. Uh, I was coaching my first year out of college, coaching at Vanguard High School in Ocala, Florida, and we played Leesburg. We were two and six, and they were the number one team in the state. And, you know, down in Florida, they had a power rankings and stuff, and they always predicted what the score would be. And we were picked to lose by like 45 points, and we upset them that night. Uh, nine to six, we kicked a field goal in overtime and to beat them. You know, there's something about being an underdog in life yeah. and coming out on top. It's a good feeling, isn't it? Yes, it is. That's probably one of the reasons I'm here today. I always told my players that football is a game of life and you're going to get knocked down and you're going to have to get up and play the next play. It's happened to me so many times in my life and it don't have to be Physically, it can be mentally, it can be jobs, it could be life in itself. Amen. And so, you know, I've gotten knocked down plenty of times playing football, especially in the SEC. (laughs) (laughs) Especially in the SEC. Coach, a few years ago, you got sidelined with a pretty serious medical condition. Tell us about that. In January 2020, I started getting real weak. And I went to my cardiologist, and he sent me to see a kidney doctor. He said that, you know, all these meds I'm taking for blood pressure and stuff can damage your kidneys. So he sent me to a kidney doctor. I go to Dr. Lanier here in Cupport, and uh, first thing he does is test my kidneys and stuff, and I had a kidney function of 14%. And he asked me, has anyone ever told you that you had kidney trouble, kidney disease, and I told him no at first. And then I remember every year when I reported to Mississippi State to play football, they always gave us a physical. 
And every year, I can remember they called me back in the doctor's office and told me I had protein in my urine. Well, being 19 years old, you know, 18 years old, 19 years old, of course, I thought I ate too much meat. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I didn't know that was the beginning of kidney disease. So I had it 50 years before I even got tested or had any diagnosis of any kind of kidney problem. Dr. Lanier told me I needed to have a kidney transplant. Well, first thing he did, he wanted to send me to the best place he could, and he recommended Tulane, and I recommend Tulane to everyone. It is absolutely unbelievable. But I go to Tulane, and they first thing they send me to the transplant surgeon. So we walk in there, and the first thing he says, I can tell you hadn't told anybody about this, have you? And I said, no, sir. And my wife was sitting there with me, Patty. He said, well— let me tell you a story. He said, every time somebody comes in here needing a kidney transplant, the exact same thing happens. They never want to tell anybody. Well, I always tell them, first thing you need to do is put it out to the world because you never know. At Tulane alone, there's over 600 people waiting for a kidney, and that's a deceased kidney. So he told me the best thing to do is try to find a living donor. And he said, I know your daughters know how to put it out on social media. So my wife and I came back and told our daughters about it. And our daughters ran with it and put it out on the internet, on Facebook and social media. And uh, my daughter, my youngest daughter, Mary Cuevas uh, Scarborough, um, she said, it's going to be me. I'm going to donate the kidney. And my daughter was a match. Mary was a match. My wife was a match. My son-in-law was a match. All of them were matches and came down to the doctor making the decision who was going to be the donor. And he recommended my youngest daughter, Mary, to be the donor because she was the youngest. And next step was I had to be tested to see if I was healthy enough to have the transplant. They started doing all these tests. I mean, they run all kind of tests. And one of them was I had to have a stress test and found out that I had four arteries blocked. So I had to have a quadruple bypass surgery before I could have a kidney transplant. My goodness. Yes. All this started... The testing and stuff started in like in September. They told me no in November, like November first, they told me I needed a quadruple bypass surgery. And so we scheduled it for November eleventh. Everything went fine. They put me in intensive care and my wife was there with me every day. I had the surgery on Wednesday. I got up and walked that same day on Saturday, my heart, on Friday, my heart went into AFib. Wow. They gave me all these drugs and stuff to try to see if I could get my heart back in the regular rhythm, and it never worked. Uh, Saturday morning, they came in and took the chest tubes out. And when they pulled the chest tubes out, my heart went into regular rhythm. It was unbelievable. They said, golly, this... I don't, they didn't remember that ever happening before. So anyway, my heart went back in the regular rhythm. 
Sunday, uh, my uh, cardiologist came in, and we started talking football. And so we talked football for about 10 or 15 minutes. He stood at the door talking to the nurse still, and I stood uh, stood up to go to the bathroom. And Patty was sitting there with me and stuff, and all of a sudden she said I tried to talk, and my speech was slurred. And I started leaning to one side, so she called the doctor in, and they put me back in the bed and rolled me straight to have a CT scan. And so I, I rolled down there and have a CT scan. As soon as I got through with the CT scan, they rolled me into the operating room, and they went through my wrist to my brain and sucked the blood clot out of my brain. You know, I was in the right place at the right time. So you're you're going in for kidney, and all of a sudden it turns into a quadruple bypass, and then it turns into taking a blood clot out of your brain to prevent a stroke. My goodness. I know. (laughs) It's unbelievable. You know, uh, God is great. I have no residuals from having a stroke. I'm very lucky. Well, Ronnie, I was keeping up with you on social media, and your family was always posting prayer requests. You know, there's so many people out there that, you know, just on social media that have reached out and, prayed and stuff for me and one of the things I did and it was for me uh one of my one of my teammates after I had the quadruple bypass he sent me a text he he sent me a picture of him in one of our t-shirts that coach Bob Tyler he had a we had a, a saying that since he got there we always use it was always on our playbooks it was always written on the wall somewhere and he made us all T-shirts of it, and we always wore it. He'd tell us when to wear them and stuff, and he even had us one for practice and all this. But and it always and it said, "Let's win something today." Let's win something today. And uh, my teammate sent me that a picture of him wearing that T-shirt, <laughs> and so that made me start thinking. And I, I looked at that picture every day. I had so many of my teammates, you know, from, I, I played at Mississippi State from 72 to 76, and um, all my teammates, a bunch of them would send me prayers and checking on me and stuff in the hospital and my, through texts and stuff. And so I started a, a group of just my teammates and coaches and, and managers. And so I, it's a, a group of texts through GroupMe. And uh, you can have as many as you want on there. So I have about 65 teammates and like four coaches and uh, a bunch of managers and trainers that were on there. And they did a lot of praying for me. And, and we, we stay together and we talk all the time now. Amen. But uh, like right now, we have one of our teammates just went through the same thing I did, quadruple yeah, quadruple bypass. Another one uh, – uh, just passed away, but we all real tight huddle. And my nickname in college was Rhino. Rhino. And uh, <laughs> I didn't name the group. I had uh, one of my friends. I didn't know how to set it up, but one of my teammates knew how to set up group me. And the name of the group is 
rhino's huddle. <laughs> rhino's and, huddle. And so we all, you know, it, it's a big, big uh, team huddle uh, for prayers and helping each other and knowing what everybody's going on in their life and stuff like that. But, you know, after after all this, you know, I, I can't do nothing but thank everybody for all the prayers and and um you know god is great and do you ever just when you're by yourself and you're thinking just think god what am i supposed to do you saved me for a reason yeah what is it you want me to do do you ever think about things like that i think one of the things is it's like my daughter mary lynn is her name mary lynn Quavis, well, Scarborough now. But anyway, uh, Mary Lynn is my new hero. One of the things I think that I'm here for is to reach out to people that don't even realize that you can live your whole life with one kidney. And there's so many people out there need, like at Tulane, there's 600 people alone just at Tulane needing a kidney. Dialysis, it's a short-term plan. Kidney doctors tell me that the average life of someone on dialysis is like four to five years. Wow. And it really takes a toll on your body having to go through dialysis. And I, I, you know, I'm very blessed that that didn't happen to me. And uh, I never had to really go on dialysis. After... After I had the bypass surgery, uh, my kidney function dropped to 8%. It was at 14 when I found out about it. And that's right at the point that they start putting you on dialysis. And you look great. How How is life for you today? Oh, it's unbelievable. Every day, uh, you know, just blessed to be here. But you know, Coach, right now there are people listening that sick at all. They just, they're feeling good, but yet they don't like life. They're sitting on the sideline. Yep. And I know as a coach that if they would get in the game of life, if they would just get past that fear or something. So you're a coach. Can you give some of those listeners a pep talk? Uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen the next day. I've always lived my life by Romans 828. I just believe that it's all in you know, God's hand if you believe in him. And all you got to do is believe in yourself, believe in God, and set a goal. If you don't set goals, there's no future. If you don't work at them, reaching those goals, it's nothing but a dream. So you got to uh, set goals in life. It might be, well, I'm going to get out of bed today and I'm going to go, you know, see if I can get a job. You gotta you gotta set that goal. You know, you're not gonna just hop up and say, I'm gonna go get a job today. You got to set a goal that by the end of the week I'm gonna find a job. How important is it for people out there to have some fun? You know, a lot of people are so stressed anymore. Right. It's like I talked about football. You gotta make it fun. I'm gonna say this. I'm very blessed because I was able to do something in life that I loved. I never went to work a day in my life. You know, that's how much fun it was for me. But if it wasn't for hard work, I'd have never gotten there. Because the only way, only way I would have ever got to college 
is setting goals to get a college football scholarship. That was the only way. Nobody in my whole family has ever been to college and never gone to college. And I'm the only person. Wow. And uh, it was because I set goals. You know, I worked at them hard every day to reach those goals. I played offensive line. I was the smallest offensive lineman in the SEC that started in 1973. And I was 5'11", 228 pounds. They wouldn't even look at me today, <laughs> you know, uh, especially not an offensive line. But that's what I did. <laughs> the title of the show, Let's Get the Hell Out of Your Life. So how do you get the hell out of your life? I think it starts with what you want in life and what you don't want. I don't like negativity. I don't like conflict. I believe that you always can work it out. The T-shirt. What's the uh, T-shirt? What's your motto on the T-shirt? I love it. Let's win something today. Let's win something today. And, you know, that, that means that every time you walk across that white line, you get better every day. Every day you wake up, you want to be a better person when you go to bed at night. Amen. Your wife, Patty, for many years was part of Christmas City. What a cheerleader you have in her. Oh, she's she's my rock. <laughs> uh, she never left my side. And that's it's important to keep the hell out yeah. of our life. We have to yeah. be around people that no. support us, um, and we support them. Right. It's one for all and all for one. Right. And, you know, if it wasn't for family and friends, uh, I just don't think I'd be here today. Uh, before you go, anything you want to say? Well, I just believe that uh, if if anybody that you know needs help as far as a kidney transplant, a liver transplant, where you can live with one kidney. People give liver transplants and kidney transplants, and, you know, they're wanted all over the world. And you could save somebody's life. And, you know, I— I've always been a donor on, you know, how you get your driving license and yep. stuff to, Mine is. Uh, to be a donor. But, you know, it's something special to be willing to be a hero and give a kidney to somebody that really needs it. Amen. Because if they don't get it, their life is four to five years from that time. That's their lifetime expectancy. Exactly. I am a, a donor on my driver's license, and um, hopefully it's a while before they pull out stuff, but I'm ready to donate whatever it takes. Well, Coach, so glad that uh, you came by. You look great. I appreciate it. Amen. Well, thank you, and we will keep you in our prayers. Now, people can find you're on Facebook, right? Yes. Uh, Coach, uh, is it Coach Cuevas? Or? Uh, just Ronnie Cuevas. Ronnie Cuevas. So, listeners, send him a little... Uh, thumbs up. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. What an amazing story by Coach Ronnie Cuevas. Please pray about becoming an organ donor. I told you at the beginning of the show that there was a time that I experienced a devastating loss in my life. I was in a season where I had what I thought was the perfect job. I loved it. I loved everything about it. And one day with no advance warning, I was terminated. I was let go. I was given a severance package, but I was told that I had to remain quiet and could not tell anyone about it for one year. It was devastating. 
I sat on my pity pot and questioned everything about God for weeks. And one day I heard that quiet little voice, that same voice that I heard when I was age 11 that saved my life. And the voice said this, Ron, you became so obsessed with your job that you forgot your title with me, which was a child with a purpose, a destiny, and a plan. Your new identity was your job, your hotshot title. You stopped listening to me. I had to move you to your next phase in life. And this was the next thing I heard that really knocked me off my pity pot. Would you have left on your own? Of course, I would not have left on my own. I was indispensable. So I thought. Friends, often the bright lights and the recognition will stop us from hearing what God wants to do in our life. And that day, which at that time I called the worst day of my life, one year later, I described that day as the best day of my life. I'm doing things I never knew I could do, and I'm having fun again because I am alive again. Now, if someone out there listening can relate to what I'm saying, I would love to send you a copy of my story. I put it in a book. It's a story that shares the pain, the loss, the successes, the failures, and all the crap I had in my life and the freedom when I began listening to God. Because friend, when you hear stories from others of God's faithfulness, it sparks hope and optimism in your life. Stories of faith validate the love and promises of God. They cause us to come alive again with unshakable faith. Just email me your mailing address and I will drop a copy in the mail to you. No strings attached. It's my gift to you because I want to help you get the hell out of your life and walk into your purpose. I leave you with some awesome words from Coach Ronnie Cuevas. Let's get a win today. It's time for you and I to walk across that white line, get in the game of life, and start pursuing our dreams and our passion. God does have a plan for you, and he will move mountains for you to come alive again. Questions or comments or To hear other stories of faith, visit my website, thepromoter.org, and click the podcast tab. You can also find the contact page so you can send me your mailing address, and I will put a copy of my book, The Promoter, in the mail to you. Also, we have a Facebook page. It's called thepromoter.org. Like that the next time you're on Facebook, and you'll get inspiration that's sent out daily. Until next time, this is Ron Myers reminding you, that I love you, God loves you, and I am praying for you. Make today the best day of your life. Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? And join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real people, 
sharing real struggles and offering real hope. 